0: This morning, if you will, you can open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, um, or, or sorry, Matthew chapter 16. My brain is not working this morning, not fully yet. Hopefully by the time I get through this message, it will be working fully. Um, how many of you have ever heard someone say, maybe you've even said it. Some, something in the effect of this, it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you are sincere? Have you ever heard that? That's a rampant statement in our world today. It doesn't matter what you really believe as long as you're sincere about it. Sincere about what? I believe you should be it, it, it that you should be sincere, but I believe that you should be sincere about what you believe. And there's a big difference. And this morning, that's what I want to step on this morning. This is one I want to talk about. Is does it matter what I believe? What we believe, as followers of Christ, does it really matter? How important is it? What does it really make a difference in? Now, you're probably going to get to look at me and go, "Well, Pastor Chris, of course you think its matters what we believe. You've, you've gone to school for this? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have. But there's some foundational stuff for me as well, as a personal foundational stuff, of reasons why I believe what I believe, the reasons I understand what I understand, the things that I think are important, and I think they're important. The question is, is, do you think what you believe is important? Do you, believe, do you think it's important what you believe about yourself, who you are, what you do, how you live? Do you believe it's important what others think, think others think about you, who you are, what you do, how you live? In many cases, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it probably is important to you what people think. Husbands, are you? is it important what your wife thinks about you? Wives, is it important what your husband thinks about you? Mom and dad, is it important what you think? kids think about you? It is. So does it matter what we believe is the question of the day. Does it really matter? When it comes down to the grand scheme of things, does it matter what we believe? The Bible tells us this. In James chapter 2, verse 19, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. What you believe about God and Jesus is important. Establish religions throughout the world, have beliefs about Jesus. We can talk about those. The different religions around the world have this belief about Jesus. But what we believe about Jesus is important because it differs as followers of Christ. What we believe about Jesus differs from what they believe about Jesus. And we have to understand what we believe about Jesus and who God is and how God acts and what God has said. We have to be firm on those things so that we don't get pulled aside from those things. One of the biggest statements in our world today is, I think God is like, or God love is love, and his love is like, or Jesus is like. And then somebody goes on to pontificate about in their own understanding of what they believe about God, what they believe about Jesus, and it's not necessarily that they've pulled it from some other source, they just have thought it up in their heads who God is and what he's done. With all these different beliefs swirling around us the question each one of you need to answer is does it matter what i believe does it matter what i believe if you say yes then the question comes what are you doing to foster that belief and strengthen that belief and make that belief more solid of a foundation in your life because it's important what you believe yes But it's also important how much you believe and how solid it is in your life. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But if the answer is no, it doesn't really matter what I believe, well, okay. You don't really have to do anything. But the consequences are more eternal in value. It does matter what we believe. It matters what we believe about who God is. It matters what we believe about who who Jesus is. And we have to come to a source and an understanding of a source of how do we get to know somebody. So if you meet somebody new, how do you get to know them? What are the things you can do to get to know somebody? The first way you get to know somebody is if what they tell you about themselves. Hi, my name is Chris Walls. I'm Born in Garland, Texas, grew up in McKinney, Texas, went to college at Washtenaw Baptist University, I have a master's degree from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, I pastored churches for 10 years, been in ministry for 31 years, I have a beautiful wife and three wonderful children, and I own my own business. There, you have a general knowledge of who I am, right? But how do you get to know me more? You have to have a conversation with me, don't you? You have to have that interaction with me about who I am, what I think, what I believe in, different aspects of who I am. So the way you get to know somebody is by what they tell you. How has God told you stuff? What has God told you about who he is? Where is it at? Right here. The other way you get to know someone is how they demonstrate who they are. Observable things about them. You know, you can find out if someone's kind by how they treat other people. You can tell if someone is giving by what, how they give to things and other people. You can tell how much someone loves their wife by how they treat their wife. You can tell how much how they care about their kids by the demonstrable things that are seen. How is it God has shown us who he is. And the final way you get to know somebody is probably through the, it can be through the testimony of other people. What other people say about a person, how they talk about them, what they say about it, what they've seen, what they observed. That's how we talk about God. We have testimonies and each one of us in this room probably have some kind of testimony of what God has done, how He has acted, what He's done in our lives to help us become the people that we are today. Can I make a statement this morning that God cares about what people think about him? And the reason I think it's true is because he loves people and he cares about each and every one of you and he wants you to have a right understanding of who he is and how he acts. He has revealed himself to us for a reason so that we can understand who he truly is, so we can act in right relationship with that understanding of who he is. The idea of what people think about God actually goes back to our first parents, Adam and Eve. What did they think about God? They didn't consider him too highly, did they? Their actions didn't prove that they thought much of God because their actions went on to disobey God. And they didn't think too highly of him because he had said to them, don't eat of this tree. And what did they do? They disobeyed and they went and ate of the tree, committing the first sin, which leads us to a perilous end in the world around us. He is concerned about what we think about him. Because he's given glimpses of who he is throughout his word. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, we come to a, a, a very important Scripture passage in the life of the people of Israel. Jewish people t- today really hang on to this Scripture very much. It's called the Shema. It's, Shema is the word hear. It's for the first word in the line in, in verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I've commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Do you think God was concerned about what people thought about him? Verses four and five gives us a very strong glimpse of who God is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And then he goes on not only to say who he is, he goes on to say how you shall show that to the world around you from your kids to teach it to your kids. It's important for us to teach it to our kids. It's important for us to know it so we put it on the doorpost of our homes, we put it on our front on front of our face. All the time, it's something that we should be reading about and studying about who God is and what He's done. It's not something that we just do every so often or once a week. It's something that we should be doing on a regular basis, studying who God is and what He's done. You can come to the New Testament, the passage that Jimmy read to us earlier from Matthew chapter 16, and Jesus comes to His disciples and asks a pretty important question who do people say that the Son of Man is? He's asking, who are, what are the people out there saying about me? What are they saying about who I am? And the disciples respond to him, oh, some say that you're one of the prophets, maybe Elijah, maybe John the Baptist, some of them may say maybe Jeremiah. That's what th- those people are saying. And then he comes to a very important question we must ask ourselves. But who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Simon replies, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I always say that Simon just took his foot out long enough out of his mouth to say something intelligent here. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah, For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Jesus lays a foundation of belief here. How important is belief to Jesus? It's important enough for him to under, for him to teach his disciples that he is the Son of the living God. To lay a foundational piece of, for the church going forward, for the people of God going forward, that Jesus is the Son of God. He is not only the Son of God, he's the Christ, which meant Messiah. He is the Savior. Jesus wanted them to know what they believed was important, but they he also wanted them to make sure that their belief was something that was set right in the right direction from the beginning. It was something that was so important to him that they understand what it meant to be a follower of Christ. Who do you say Jesus is? Good question. Ah, He's just some guy that existed in history. No. He's a good teacher. He he taught good moral teaching. That's a hard one to answer. Yes, but no. (laughs) Yes, but so much more than that. A whole lot more than that. Paul tells the church something very important in the book of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, he says, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. He wants their love to abound more and more in what? What? Two things, knowledge, what you understand, what you believe, and discernment, how you apply what you believe to everyday circumstances so that you can understand what God is doing and how he's working and how he's moving you in the directions he wants you to go. And so you can understand what's truth and what's not. Since September, we've had I've had the privilege of teaching the youth. Well, I've been doing it since April, but since September, we started a, a series called the Nicene Creed, a creed that was written by the early church in three twenty five, um, three twenty eight. Sorry, three twenty eight in in the Council of Nicaea. It was later revised a little bit, but it's an early church document, a foundational document about belief. There was some. Uh, teaching that was going around in the early church and it was it was going around and it was kind of t- tearing at some of the beliefs of of the people of the church and, and tearing at people that were followers of Christ and and it was starting to tear apart the church and it was becoming a big issue and so they gathered all the bishops of all the areas around in that part of the, in in Asia at the time and they came and they at Nicaea and they sat down and all the bishops sat down and wrote the Nicene Creed so that they could have a clear understanding of what they believed about who God is, who Jesus is, what he's done, who the Holy Spirit is, what baptism is, what the church is, all these different small aspects that were facing the church at the time. And they wrote the Nicene Creed so that people would understand what they believed. So that false teaching could be, it was a concise statement that could be easily understood, easily memorized, so that people could clearly understand base level belief. And that from there, you could teach out of that, from Scripture, what that means. So that false teaching could be taken out of the church. It's a wonderful statement. It starts out with, we believe. Now, the Apostles' Creed, an earlier creed, said, I believe, started out, I believe. In studying the Nicene Creed, I think it was important to understand that they started out with, we believe. Because as much as we want in America to make Christianity an individual, personal faith that is only about who I, my relationship with God and who God is, Christianity's has never been that. Christianity's has always been a a corporate faith. God has always been a corporate God, believing that the whole was important, not just each individual. Each individual is important, but the collective is important as well. The whole is. That's why we gather as a church together. That's why we come together, so that we can study, we can grow, we can help each other. We can be encouraging to each other. We can help each other walk in the life that we've been called to walk in. Christianity is living with other believers and facing the chaos, the insecurity, and frustrations of life together because we are much stronger in community than we ever can be as an individual. And it's important not only what I believe, it's important that what we as a collective believe. Anybody know how lions hunt? Now, a lion will prowl around, and it'll go to a herd of zebras or wildebeest or antelope, and it won't just go running into the herd. A lion's smarter than that. It's not dumb. It knows how to hunt, and it knows if it just goes into the herd. All he's going to do is scatter the herd and win nothing. A lion observes the herd, watches Looks, understands, looks at each individual beast. And it doesn't go for the biggest. It doesn't go for the strongest. It finds the weakest, the isolated. The individual that's kind of outside the herd a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit sick. Maybe it's lame in some way. It's been hurt and it can't run quite as fast. And the lion will observe the, the herd until it finds that one beast, whatever it is, that it knows it can easily grab a hold of and make a meal. Because it knows that the herd is stronger than it is, but it knows that isolated one is weak and it can grab a hold of it. It's one of the reasons Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Peter's telling them, don't depend on what you believe. Be a part of the group. Know that you're bigger, a part of a bigger group of people around the world that are going through the same things that you are. Know that you're a part of a bigger fellowship of people together that are able to stand against the devil. We believe is important to understand that the life that God has called you to live as his creation is important to understand what you believe as an individual, but it's important for what you believe as a group of believers because we are here for each other. The fact of the matter, when it comes to what we believe about God, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is Ignorance. We really need to be solid on this because we see from Scripture that God's understanding about who He is is important. So why does it matter? giving you a lot of Scripture passages about it It does matter what you believe, but let's get a little more personal. Why does it matter what we believe? One thing is because God has based... uh, because belief about God is based on what he's revealed. It matters because God has taken his time and the opportunity to show you who he is throughout scripture. It's what he has revealed, what he has shown us. And we gain knowledge about who God is in many different ways, but we can, gain, and we can look around at creation. We know that we can look at the creation. We can see his beauty, his creativity, but we also know there's a lot more to it than that and that we understand that he has revealed himself not only in his creation, he has revealed himself in his word. He has revealed himself in who Jesus is and what Jesus did for us on the cross. He has revealed himself through things that are going on around us through individual believers' lives, through testimonies. God has revealed himself to us. He wants us to get to know him better. He desires that relationship with us. That's why he sent Jesus to the cross, so that we could have a relationship with him, so that we could get to know him better as part of it, so we can understand him better and who he is and how he acts, so we could live for him better. He has revealed himself through the events and stories of Scripture so that we can understand who he is and how he acts, what he's done. It's important for us to understand what we believe as followers of Christ because we must be solid in a shaky world. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift away from it. How many of you have experienced a shaky world? I don't know. We haven't had anything big going on in the world around us in the past hmm, three years, the past five years, the past 10 years. The world's always shaky, isn't it? It's a pandemic, It's terrorist attacks. It's wars. It's people acting stupid. The world is always shaking around us, and we must come to an understanding of who God is so that we are firm when that shakiness rocks our world. In 2009, one of the biggest things in my world kind of hit me. It's happened in my life. I was driving home from church on a Sunday morning. I just picked up a big, huge mum for my wife. Her birthday was the next day on Monday. My daughter was riding in the back seat of my truck. Riley was about eight years old. She's 21 now. Hi, Riley. And my phone rings, and it was my dad. And my dad and I talked on a regular basis because he owned a business like I did. He was working a business like me. But for him to call on a Sunday morning was very strange. And through tears and shaky voice, my dad proceeded to tell me that my mom had passed away. After I hung up the phone, I began to hit my steering wheel pretty hard. My mom was 64 years old. My mom was entering to the joyful part of her life, so she was looking forward to great kids, and she had six of them at the time. And we had known death in our family before, but everybody that had died before in our family, like her dad, my nandy, passed away at 93. My great-grandmother passed away at 95. My other great-grandmother passed away like at ninety. We had known death in our family, but not some, and we we had had one death in the family. An uncle of mine died at 35, but we had not known, I had not known death at an early age like that, 64. And I proceeded to do something. I hit my steering wheel of my F-150 truck about eight or 10 times. I don't know how many times, but enough times to know this. When I got done and I'm driving down the road, the wheel, top of my steering wheel was bent over almost at a 90 degree angle. I was upset. I was angry. I just talked to my mom on Friday. Everything was great. That morning, she was at a retreat with the ladies from her church and passed away of an aortic aneurysm. No clue. And my world got shook that morning, and days, and weeks, and months after that. And I had to have this understanding of that firm foundation in my life, because I had preached on Romans eight twenty eight, where God says, he causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and call according to his purposes. I understood that scripture up one side, down the other, and I understood it really well. But I'm going to tell you on September 27th of 2009, I had to understand that scripture a whole lot better than I ever had before. Because my world had gotten rocked and I had to come to understanding God had a purpose behind this and I may not understand it and I may not see all of it, but he has something good for me in this and he's gonna take care of me through this because my world just got rocked. Some of y'all, most of y'all probably know what I'm talking about. Because your world is gonna get rocked There's gonna be shaky ground. There's gonna be times that you're gonna look up and go, where are you, God? And your study, your fellowship with other believers is gonna be important. The foundation that you have of belief in who God is and what you believe is gonna be very important because those shaky times, you need a firm foundation. Did my house get rocked? Yeah, like an earthquake, rocked it pretty hard. Did it fall apart? No. Because I trusted in God, and I believed what he said was true. And I understand there's a greater good, there's a greater purpose for what happens in our world around us on a daily basis to help us become more like him every day. And without my mom's passing, there's things about me that may never have happened before. Without mom's passing, there may be things in other people's lives that may have never happened before. And in those shaky times, we've got to have that understanding of who God is and what's important. In that foundation, it matters what we believe because we are called to be ambassadors. Chris Seipel hit on this passage a couple weeks ago in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. From now on, therefore, we are regarded no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are ambassadors. So, what if the United States one day sent an ambassador to another country, to a foreign land, and didn't tell them anything about what they believed, what was important to the United States? What good is an ambassador? Are they If you don't know what you believe as a follower of Christ, what good are you as an ambassador of Christ? It's important what you believe because we are all ambassadors. We are all being used by God to plead to the world, be reconciled to Christ. And if you don't know what you believe, how are you going to be a good ambassador? And finally, it's important what we believe because our belief follows with action. James chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown You foolish person, faith apart from works is useless. Our belief helps us with our action. What we think about who God is, what he's done, who Jesus is, what he's done, what the church is, what we're supposed to be doing helps enable us to be better about doing the things that God wants us to do. Does it matter what you believe? What are you doing in your life currently to make that a priority? To understand what you believe more? It is matters what you believe because the fact of the matter is you're gonna believe something at some point, somehow, somewhere. You either believe God or you're gonna believe something against God. Or something that kind of looks like God, but not really is not God. What are you going to do? To make sure that you understand what you believe and how important it is in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your goodness and grace. And we thank you for your love that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that as we walk out this room, that we would be more strengthened by who you are and what you've done for us, so that we can stand boldly and be faithful servants of yours. Strengthen our hearts, strengthen our minds in all that we do. In your son's name, amen.